Welcome to the How to Code Well podcast, a show all about web development and programming. My name is Peter Fisher. I am a freelance web and mobile applications developer. Hello, coders. Today I'm with William A. Ibarra. He runs aviatorservices.com. We're going to be talking about the website, how it was built, um, all the technical bits behind the website. Um, I actually met William at Sunshine PHP in Miami, the conference that I was at a couple of weeks ago. William, welcome to the show. Have you had a good week? I have. Thank you so much for uh, for having me. No worries. Yeah, no I look worries. forward to talking with you. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we actually met at Sunshine PHP over a coffee, um, and we were talking about what you get up to in your aviatorservices.com, and I thought it was absolutely fascinating to hear how you put that together, the services that you provide, um, and that you were actually at that confer- conference learning stuff, which was awesome. How did you find the conference? Well, the conference, uh, I found it from, um, I'm a member of the uh, PHP Miami meetup, or they have actually a South Florida PHP group. Okay. And I was trying to get to know developers and learn myself more about, uh, learn more about uh, the code. Mm. Uh, so I signed up, I went to a few meetings, and I saw that uh, Adam Culp uh, was running it. I actually, uh, uh, they were doing it up north in Boca Raton only, which is kind of far from me. It's about an hour away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, hey, can you do one in Miami? And he ended up finding one in, you know, finding someone in Miami that can run it. Uh, so so I went to a few of those meetings, and then that's how I found out about the Sunshine PHP okay. that they have it every year here. That's awesome. And do you go yeah. there? Do you go there fairly, fairly regularly? Well, this year was my second time. Right. Um, uh, and even though I'm not a professional developer, um, mm-hmm. I'm somewhat of an amateur. But I have uh, uh, learned, uh, you know, the code. I practice it, and it's mm-hmm. helped me a great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can talk to developers in my project and mm-hmm. and and that sort of thing. And I, even though the conference is really high level, um, I get uh, I still get a lot out of it. Uh, yeah. uh, the the conference is not all about. Uh, purely coding or technical aspects. A lot of it mm. deals with uh, the overall. There's a lot of uh, you know business information as well mm. and experiences and uh, and uh, and uh, there's a lot of smart people I meet there. So mm. that's another thing I really like about it. Yeah, this is this yeah. is what I keep saying about user groups and conferences. It's you know it's um, it's the people you meet um, and the the networking opportunities that you get. Um, not just about the code, but also um, about the the business side of things because writing code is one thing but actually producing a website that actually does something in your case makes you money um for your what what you like to do your aviatorservices.com um that i mean that's an that's a whole different kettle of fish it's a different mindset um so you you said that you you uh, you write some of the code yourself, or you 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 have uh, knowledge of the code base at, at least. How how much of have, that do you have? 
Well, I, I, I do have knowledge of the code base, and, uh, you know, I follow it, um, you know, certainly on the, you know, things like GitHub, and uh, and uh, so I'm familiar overall. I don't uh, uh, develop the code myself, uh, but I work very closely uh, directly with the developers that have helped me. I've had various ones, mm-hmm. um, so, and uh, I remember I started this a long time ago, and it was very frustrating in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but later on, when I learned um, uh, the code and how software is developed, how hard it is, uh, mm-hmm. I got a new appreciation for it. So, and then I got involved with the uh, the local tech community in Miami, which mm-hmm. is uh, quite good. And uh, I met people through there, and and uh, and uh, so far, it's 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 you know gone well. So I don't do it myself, but I I, I do work very closely. I, I designed the whole project. Wow. In terms of how it's supposed to do, you know, what it's supposed to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, um, and and then I, I took uh, some some good advice from from uh, from some very good people down here. Excellent. So so how long uh, have you been doing this for? Well, the uh, the first version of the site, uh, I would say, um, probably came up about uh, four years ago, which is we had the first version. Right. Um, uh, and that's the one that actually went live. Prior to that, I did have uh, um, a site that I was actually using for several years. Then, mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, basically, what the site does is it it uh, provides a uh, it's about on demand air travel. If you ever fly a right. you know private airplane. Um, and you're, you're able to go to the site, uh, check availability, pricing, and book online. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, uh, I'll get into that more later. That's not easy to do. Uh, but the, uh, that's how I got started initially. So mm-hmm. we had uh, the first site that I was actually using just for quoting for my own internal. People would call me, and I would give them, and I would use the app for that. Then later on, the goal was to, to get it online. So mm-hmm. we did that. And with the first version, uh, but that was somewhat of a mishmash of of technologies, and it was not something I could really scale from there. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it worked. Uh, you can go online, you can put your credit card, you can check pricing availability, mm-hmm. and it worked uh, quite well. So that was the first version. So I'd say uh, it's been online about four years. I've I noticed that you um, you also take Bitcoin. Yes. How. I mean, how many versions did you have before that happened? Uh, by versions, you mean what? Versions of what? As, in, the, a, the a, as in of the website. Well, the uh, uh, Bitcoin right now, even though I accept it to right now, um, uh, originally, um, it, it's a little challenging, at least for me. And initially, it was through um, a Coinbase widget. Right. So surprisingly, uh, the uh, I'll get into this in a moment, but the mm. few Bitcoin transactions I have done have been outside the widget because mm. the, the downside of that is Coinbase requires you to sign up and have an account. And okay. that's obviously how they gain users. Mm. Um, uh, but that's somewhat of a downside. Uh, the people that are have Bitcoin uh, don't, uh, pro- probably most of them, although Coinbase has gotten huge, um, a lot of the early adopters... Uh, you know, don't have their other Bitcoin on Coinbase right, uh, right. for a lot of reasons uh, that I can get into. But mm-hmm. uh, so they have to pay me outside of that. So I, I, it, it's something I got into early on. I like the technology. It's I got into it specifically because it has some unique properties that are very good for my particular business and industry. Okay. Uh, a lot of times now. 
uh, I'll get into the volatility in a moment. But yeah. so, uh, but the the fact that um, uh, in my business, uh, using credit cards are very expensive and they're risky. Uh, the to charter an airplane, even a small one, mm. uh, you're you're usually dealing with large dollar amounts, mm. and you have chargeback risk. You have, um, you know, you have these issues, uh, whereas a Bitcoin and then, you know, if you book flights on the weekend, if it's someone you don't know, normally you wire transfer funds. You can't do that on the weekend. Mm -hmm. um, you, know, you run into these issues uh, that the Bitcoin uh, was very attractive to me because I said, wow, if, you know, someone could uh, email me the, the funds in Bitcoin, I get it immediately. Mm -hmm. It's done. Mm -hmm. And. There's no more else. So that was the the uh, the interest in it. So there's um, like the c convenience factor of having Bitcoin. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And um, uh, initially, it uh, when I first started, it, it was actually it was a period of, when I first got into it. It was actually only about uh, well, there was a period of about four years when it was actually quite stable mm -hmm. um, before the you know last year's insanity <laughs> and the volatility. Mm -hmm. um, so it was actually for a number of years when I got into it, it was actually quite uh, stable. Right, it didn't right. uh, well, it wasn't that uh, volatile. Okay. And how how are you coping with the volatility at the moment? Well, right now, you know, it um, it it's very risky. It, it is risky right now, but I do very few of the transactions. I've actually tried to encourage the use of it uh, in the community. I put it on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handles at aviator services, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I, I, I put it on my Twitter handle that I accepted. I, I put it on my Instagram also at aviator services. Right. Uh, and, and uh, you know, um, uh, so I have a lot of the people in the community follow me and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't do many, I don't do many uh, transactions. So a lot of it is somewhat of a risk. Since I use it in my um, small airplane, um, if it's, uh, you know, I'm willing to accept a few thousand dollars of risk here and there to accept it because I think it'll be, um, I'm a believer in it. I think it'll be very valuable in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I follow the developments in it. So I think in terms of a payment uh, transaction, or in terms of a, uh, a payment method, I, you know, I think it's a very good. What are the core benefits of, of using Bitcoin? Do, do you think? Well, it, again, initially it was um, if you if you get away from all this um, risk like you, you do with uh, credit cards, although mm -hmm. um, I've had very few um, chargeback issues uh, with a credit card. There are fees. There right. are high fees. Right. Uh, and there's always that uh, that risk uh, mm -hmm. of of a chargeback. Whereas it uh, it's it's very convenient. If someone pays you in Bitcoin, they transmit them to you. You have them. It's like a cash. It's like someone uh, paying you in cash. Uh, right. It's there. I don't have to worry about it. Um, uh, there are no, uh, especially now in the development of the Lightning Network and and um, and everything else. That the fees are so. So minimal, and it's instant. What's the uh, what, what's the Lightning Network? You'll have to excuse uh, my. The Lightning Network is uh, some new development that's a, going on. the The problem I don't want to get in too deep, but the problem with the you know Bitcoin, the whole scaling a debate was the block size, and okay. if you increase the block size, it uh, you know the the. You know, the, the, the whole idea is that you download the whole transaction mm -hmm. history, mm -hmm. and if the block size is too big, then you need a, a more storage capacity 
because you know basically the uh, the ledger of every Bitcoin transaction is downloaded by thousands of computers. You you know you can do it if you 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 know you can run a node on on any machine, but mm. there's gigabytes of of data that you have to download all the transaction history. So if you have a lot of uh, if the block sizes are very high, it's um, that people need more storage and more computer, more cost to do it, and that takes away it's a security, et cetera. So anyway, so the, 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 there's another layer. Um, the the way the experts mention it, it's um, a very a similar to the internet when it first started. That we had, you know, um, you know, all the protocols that allowed for email and uh, you know videos, and these are basically layers on top of it, which you built the web. Uh, to a point where you and I can have this conversation online, you know. So, <laughs> so, so that's what the Lightning Network is. It's another layer that'll allow instant, um, you know, almost free transactions. Excellent. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, so, but again, that's not. Uh, and, and but unfortunately, um, getting back to the app, I do not accept it through the app right, right. now. That's another a feature I'm going to be adding. But uh, you so, know, you know, right now you'd have to contact me and you know do it around it. So you've got, are you talking about the website or do you have a mobile app yourself? No, I'm, I mean the website. I'm sorry. Website, website. Uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I do not have a mobile app for the, uh, for this project. So, um, in terms of Bitcoin, do you see Bitcoin being used in other places like not e-commerce, but, uh, I don't know how we do our voting and all of that stuff. Is there, is there any I room for Bitcoin in those areas? I've heard of that. There's a lot of projects in that. Uh, I don't know much about those, but but uh, but yeah, I know that there's a, that that you know in the community there's a lot of people that are uh, that are a lot of you know projects okay. uh, down the road where they uh, they can do uh, voting identity mm-hmm. um, and uh, any sort of like um, I think there's some companies Factum is one of them. They're working in Central America to. Be able to um, store to to record title, you know, land titles in all these countries with uh, you know very weak institutions that uh, you know governments can erase or remove mm. title data, and that of course affects wealth mm. creation. You know, uh, you know, uh, in the West, that's why we all because uh, you can define everything on a piece of paper. You know, a title that you can own something and it's defended in courts and yeah. Yeah. you know, so forth. So those are the, the projects. I don't know much about them other than I just follow them mm. uh, superficially, mm. you know. Fair enough. That's that's really, really interesting. I, I haven't thought of it in, in that sense of using it for land titles and things. Um, but yeah, you, you could imagine that there would be a bunch of uses, um, especially outside of e-commerce for, for that. Right. Um, okay. So, so going back to the, um, to the aviator services site, um, is there, what what other technologies can you talk about the other technologies that the, the website currently uses or can you at least talk about some of the technologies that used to be used on the website right well the the website i mean it uses um it's it's uh, all php you know of course uh, mm-hmm. we have under a uh, a framework mm-hmm. and then it uh, originally it was uh, somewhat of a of a it was really mostly written in JavaScript. Okay. Uh, the problem with that um, is that it exposes a lot of your code. Uh, so right now we decided that so that wasn't a good uh, solution. Mm-hmm. And then there were some other aspects of it for scaling. So we uh, we decided to do it. Basically, everything is done through the server. And then right now I just have some 
there are some some JavaScript elements uh, that that are used, but it's almost entirely in you know PHP. In PHP. Yeah. Does that does that include the blog as well? Because the, the the blog, yes. Yeah. 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 yeah everything I, I, I noticed that the blog is really really quick. And you say. Oh really? Yeah. You you say scaling. Um, what, what what challenges have you faced with with scaling this 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 site? Well, uh, uh, I, I mean that more for future development okay. Uh, okay. than I do now. Okay. Um, uh, what I'd like to do in the future is I'm working on um, a version. I have um, uh, some other companies like mine that want to use to have the same uh, functionality. Okay. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, that's what I mean by that. That mm. that uh, so so you can have kind of the basic uh, framework or structure, and then from there be able to. Mm. Um, you know, you know, to scale it from there. So you're you're kind of future proofing it in that sense, making it right, ready, ready exactly. for the for the cloud. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. So there's a there's a search facility on 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 right. that. Can you explain what that search does um, to to the audience? Sure, exactly. Well, what it you know the the whole the the way it's designed is um, uh, to you if you are. Um, I'm not quite sure how much of the audience understands uh, basically on-demand air travel. As we know, you can book an air; anyone can book an airline ticket right. uh, to go from point A to point B on your phone mm. uh, using any number of apps, and they tie into all these um, uh, global distribution systems, Amadeus or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the, however, for private airplanes, um, uh, it's especially in the United States. Uh, there is a lot of um, there's a lot of small operators, uh, independent operators. There's a few thousand of us in the United States operating about uh, roughly eleven thousand airplanes of every size. It could be from um, a small piston airplane like mine to a private jet to a uh, bush plane in Alaska. Right. Uh, wow. So it, it varies. People tend to associate it too much with. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, maybe the private jets of the of the rich and famous, and but that's actually one. One small aspect. There's a more practical aspect of it, and, and something that will affect all of us in the future, especially with uh, 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 the development of some future technologies and um, the electrification of, of propulsion and so forth. So, so there's a lot of stuff mm. in the future. But for uh, so, for example, what the app does, you would go there, you would uh, select an airport. And uh, the departure airport, your arrival airport, it'll it'll uh, it'll check that when you click the you put a date and time mm-hmm. that you want to go, mm-hmm. and and this is all on-demand air travel is kind of like custom air travel. You're flying when you want. That's the whole purpose. Yes. Someone would use us because a, a lot of times it might be cheaper to use an airline ticket, but it might take you, you know, two days to do a trip. Or I can do for you in half a day. I can fly mm-hmm. you to a location, especially a remote location, and bring you back mm. um, a lot of my clients use me for that it's the time savings efficiency and so, so forth so anyway sure. you you select your airport you select your departure date and time and it instantly uh, will calculate a price and let you know if it's available or not and then mm. you can book it on the spot and if you know anything about our industry that's uh, uh, that doesn't happen so easily and normally you have to call someone or email or do a search a search online and everything is still done through emails and so forth. So, so it, it just um, speeds up the workflow for the user. Uh, okay. So the user can go there and 
if, if someone, um, as you know, you want to remove the barriers to, to entry for someone to consider your, your, your product or in our case, our, our service. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. That, that sounds interesting. And you must have to poll. I mean, I, I'm just guessing now, but you must have to sort of poll availability off of somewhere. Um, in, in no, the, the, no, no, no. No, the way it actually works, availability in, like, I operate um, uh, a very specific airplane, a, um, a small uh, three-place airplane called the Cirrus SR-22. So, it's meant for, uh, so I have a very, very um, a specific area that I operate, which is in the southeast United States. I cover all of Florida. Okay. So, you would fly, um, so, you know, the... Uh, so people, when they would uh, book a flight, it would be to go from you know, you know, somewhere in Florida for a mm. business meeting and you want to come back uh, quickly. Mm. So uh, the, the, uh, the, the app, for, if someone books a flight already and then you try to book a flight on the time that the airplane was already taken, it won't let you do that. Right. So, right. Uh, and I, I, the, I basically set a schedule in, uh, in the back end and, uh, and then it allows you to book within that schedule and, you know, assuming there wasn't any flights booked uh, previously at a particular time slot, um, it, it, it does all that to avoid conflicts and schedule conflicts. Okay. Okay. Now I, I don't, I don't know any much about any of this, to be honest. I've never taken a private plane myself. Um, do you have to sort of book the runway or for an allocated period of time to actually land? Is there anything no. that you have to do sort of post-flight to acknowledge that you're actually going to go to that particular place and get permission to go there? No, not at all. I don't oh, okay. need to do anything. It's, uh, I will say in Europe it's um, uh, quite a bit more restrictive, um, <laughs> uh, which is why the general aviation industry in Europe is very, very small compared to uh, in the United States, which has a history of uh, a lot of um, – um, it's very easy to fly here. That's why, um, okay. so there, there's quite a large industry. There are thousands of airports everywhere. For example, uh, only um, uh, about 10% in the U.S., 10% of the airports, uh, of the available airports are used by the airlines. So you can imagine there's 5,000 airports, uh, you know, it's about 500 of them are used by the airlines. So just to give you an idea of what's out there, from every small little uh, airport uh, uh uh, you know, the, almost every community. Florida is also a little unique in that Florida um, has the added advantage of during World War II, um, because of the weather here, uh, this was all over Florida was used as a major training base for pilots. So, um, uh, you know, the RAF uh, trained here uh, tremendously uh, all over, you know, Florida. So Florida, almost every tiny little town um Believe it or not, has a big airport, has a big runway, I should say. That's uh, a municipal airport, uh, and many of them, and oftentimes they're they're quite large. Uh, so, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of airports uh, that you can use and access. Um, you know that uh, that you can access here in Florida and, and other states as well. Uh, Florida, mm -hmm. in particular, has has that that advantage. That's that, I never knew that. I never knew that. That's yeah. uh, wow. 10%. That's insane. Um, so I, I'm, I'm guessing from, from what I'm hearing, you, you, you also fly, is that correct? 
I am a pilot. You yes, that's pilot. really, I'm a pilot yeah. by training. I'm, I'm an air charter operator. Right. So that's my, my business. And uh, so that's what I've been involved with uh, for uh, a big part of my life over, over 25 years. So yeah, I am a pilot by training. So I do fly the airplane myself. Did, um, so did you, did you, um, was flying a hobby at the start and then it turned into a business or was programming or, you know, development, web development, a hobby, and then that sort of manifested? How did that, how did you get involved in this and merge the two together? The interest, the, uh, I've always had a long-term interest in technology. I, uh, I would say I regret not learning to code earlier, uh, but I didn't know. <laughs> so I wish I would have, uh, but, uh, from very early on, I was, uh, uh I was always interested in, in, in technology mm. and airplanes. Uh, if you're, you know, um, is 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 a um, I, I I view the aviation as the original high tech, you know, industry, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know now when we say tech, it's uh, it's more uh, software. But uh, so uh, I was always very interested early on. I was uh, tinkering with the internet before there were browsers. So uh, and um, playing around with that, and and uh, uh, you know. Um, so I always had that early interest, and then just as the years went on, then I kind of got more um, uh, focused on on my flying career and so forth. And I I, I put that aside, but I was always kind of drawn back to it. And and and, and I learned from the um, the obstacles in my business how they could be streamlined, how they could be how you can automate a lot of uh, uh, tasks that I think really limit. Uh, uh, your business, um, uh, the, you know, to make it easy for people to mm. to be able to access uh, and to see if, if it's right for them, you know, to uh, the idea of the site also is for, uh, you know, uh, you know, most people won't make a phone call or an email and mm. wait, but you can go to the site and, and play with it and see if, if um, you can check a pricing availability and well, I guess in the- see what it's about. Oh, yeah, I guess in the, in this sort of age of Uber and Lyft and all of that stuff where you, you want on-demand transport. Um, I mean, I, I was, I, where was I? I was, I was in some city the other day and I, I just, I knew it was about to start to rain and I was making that decision as to should I get an Uber? Um, and I just wanted to see the cost and the availability. And um, I didn't actually commit to the transaction. Uh, I just decided to walk it. But I wanted to have that ability to see if it was available. And there is this availability now that, that we never really used to have because you would, you would, beforehand, you would just call someone up and say, you know, can I have a taxi for such and such? Um, or, you know, in, in the sense of flying, it would be having to book well in advance for things. Um, but I guess you're sort of bringing the convenience now especially with the whole Bitcoin where people can actually just buy it on the phone. Um, that's fantastic. So yeah, I totally get what you're saying that you were really interested in, in tech and flying and you brought them together. That's uh, that's quite a fascinating story. You, know, you were saying that you, you worked with the internet before browsers. Can I sort of ask what, what kind of stuff you were doing um, with that kind of bits and pieces? Sure. Uh, sure. In, uh, uh, I'll give you an example. I mean, um, coincidentally, and this is interesting because it does tie into the app, uh, believe it or not, in uh, when uh, the back in the 
mid-1990s, I remember reading an article. This is one of those funny stories that there was uh, there was an article in the Miami Herald about a, se- a 17-year-old high school kid who whose dad somehow loaned him $100,000 to connect to this thing with the internet, and he did it out of his garage, and he was selling subscriptions for $17 a month, and I said, wow, I thought that was cool, and I actually called, and he was like one of the first ISPs down here, mm. and then um, uh, I signed up for it, and I was paying 17 a month, and, uh, and uh, uh, I got on with a dial-up, a modem, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that was cool, and um You'd go to a bunch of it was just a um, uh, like a monochrome screen, and it. Uh, I think they did have links back then. I remember this for some reason. What intrigued me was the the CIA site. Uh, the CIA had a list of uh, information site for the countries. For some reason, I thought that was amazing. But anyway, so I did that, and then I um, then you'd got a, a faster modem connection. Then coincidentally, I met another friend of mine who was a pilot who he started uh, another ISP. Uh, called Shadow Information Services, one of the very first ones here in 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 Miami, and um, he was um, a um, a um, excuse me one second. No worries. He was a um, a pilot as well that I trained. He bought an airplane, and I gave him training in that, and uh, so I signed on with him. And he actually, um, I said to him back then, uh, "Can you?" Hey, I you know it's a real pain for people when I'm not around. If can can you uh, build something for me that can allow people to check pricing and availability online? And uh, back then, this was before Google Maps, um, so I actually had to find the you know there was no map like you can see a map now when you when with if you use our app, but uh, which is common. But I had to find the you know, the calculation for great circle distance between two Latin long points, which was a involved math p- problem. And then they had to, they had to program it and they did. And I actually had that on a site in 1999 right. uh, that was wow. actually on the web and you, it would work. It wouldn't, you couldn't book online. You mm. couldn't put a credit card, um, right. but I did have that on my website. Um, and then other things happened that I got structure so it's something I, I did uh, so so I, I had that interest and then uh, I, getting back to your to your question um, if you know I realize this is a long time ago but uh, I remember uh, um, one of the Unix programs they had called pine which was an early chat program I don't know if you, you, you're familiar with it but I my soon-to-be wife at the time was in Washington DC going to school out there and mm-hmm. we literally I, I remember we chatted uh, uh, you know, you in in real time. Right. Um, uh, so that was like a big deal. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was fascinating. So I did those kinds of things that uh, they were pretty neat. And uh, I did try some voice over IP very early on. You would just find random people, mm. and you'd spend half your time. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. <laughs> a bit like the start of this podcast. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of funny. So I look back at it now. So I always had an early interest. Yeah. Uh, I, I I do. Um, uh, so uh, so yeah, I have an early uh, had an, an early interest. Um, yeah, you know, in it. Yeah, that's a fascinating story. That really is. That's uh, I, I love hearing how how um, the the ideas developed and manifested from early from early on because from early on you probably didn't have the idea of doing what you're doing today. 
but it, it, right. it, it stemmed from that, uh, which I find fa- personally, I just find fascinating when I talk to people. Uh, yeah. But look, I, I know that you're a super busy guy, uh, but is there anything that you're, you want to discuss anything you want to add uh, before we wrap up? Do you have any social media links that you want to mention or anything else? Sure. Well, you can, you can visit my website at aviatorservices.com mm-hmm. and uh, I, you can get me on Twitter also at aviator services and the same for Instagram. And uh, I'm always open to, uh, to, to talk to people about this technology and, and, and anything else and about on-demand air travel, which I think, um, I think in the future, uh, you may not realize it now, kind of like the early internet, but I think aviation, I think will touch everyone at some point in, in, yeah. the, you know, in the future as this uh, develops. Yes. Yeah, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, well, I'll leave all of the links that you've mentioned, all of your social media accounts in the show notes below. Um, on YouTube, I'll put uh, an overlay on the screen. Um, and on the podcast, it'll be in the, in the normal show notes, but, um, thank you ever so much, William, for coming on the, the show and talking about what you do. Uh, that's aviatorservices.com. And thanks everyone for watching or listening on the podcast. Happy coding everyone. I'll see you again soon. Cheers. Bye.